We are in conversation this morning with Katerina DeLanga. Katerina is not just the general manager, which is her mainstream job, but she's the mother of three children. And that must be keeping her very much on her toes and a wife. And she has a tremendous passion for, for hospitality. She's been working in this space of hospitality for about three decades. And she is the general manager, as we said, of Kuzuko Lodge. And she has really brought her creative flair to this establishment and has orchestrated and curated some beautiful, unparalleled guest experiences. She is known for her attention to detail. So, Mama Kat, good morning and welcome <laughs> to Jet Setting with Janet. Thank you so much for that humbling introduction. Um, I do appreciate it. It's a big pleasure, and we're very happy to be talking to you from the Lush, Lush Kuzuko Lodge. I believe colleagues of mine were just there, uh, Taryn Langenwerfen. Uh, it, it was a great privilege hosting them and, and sharing our part of the Karoo with them. Yes, I saw her post it and I said, okay, great stuff. I'm heading your way soon too. So we work closely with Taryn and Southern Africa 360 as well. We know, and you know, the industry is so small, you know, pretty much everybody. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, Katerina, great to have you on the show this morning. Are you talking to us from the lodge? Because we'd love to I, know I, what kind of I morning. Am. <laughs> I'm sitting in my office and I have a beautiful view of this view down the valley in front of the lodge. Um, oh, how wonderful. It's, it's always humbling. I have the privilege of walking to work. Oh, my goodness. On That's my, my five-minute walk, I, I try and take a moment and always remind myself to appreciate the view and just the, the privilege of, of enjoying it. Absolutely. We were recently in the Karoo, and my goodness, you know, I felt renewed just being there. And I was just there for two nights, but when I came back, I felt really refreshed and motivated. So I can believe that you are generally very happy. You're a happy person from being in that very, space. Very much, very blessed. There's always challenges in, in life with everything, but um, I always just tell myself it's the price of the view. Um, Absolutely. And, and it does, it does um, kind of minister you your being when you um, have the privilege of spending time in, in nature and um, looking after a, a place like this and a team like this. Now, Katerina, I want you to quickly tell us, you have like a minute to tell us about your journey in hospitality. And then we want to hear all about the lodge. That's pretty exciting. Do you know, that's why I have such a passion for hospitality and for this specific project is my folks didn't have money to pay for me to go study and my mom found a little um, advert in a newspaper for an internship uh, for a lodge just outside Pretoria and that's where I started as an intern so I always tell my 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 team there's nothing that I'm asking you to do that I haven't done myself including that's so powerful to be able to pull that line <laughs> Because I also say that to people, I know exactly how many gear changes it takes to get from here to the airport. So please. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely. And never ever tell yourself that you can't grow in the directions of your dreams. You know, you just have to put your mind and your heart to it. And um, yeah, 
make it happen for yourself because you can never control what life throws at you, but you can definitely control how you react to it and the decisions that you make um, because it's all about 100%, Katerina. I can understand why you are, you are called Mama Kat because <laughs> you have a lot of learning to share. So you started as an intern and you worked through the yeah, year as an editor at Kuzuko Lodge. Yeah, no, 15 Christmases ago, um, <laughs> I arrived with my family um, at Kazuko, and um, my kids had the privilege of growing up uh, and going to school in Somerset East and being home over weekends. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, seen many people and many staff members come and go, and um, it's always a privilege to be able to send people off when they get stolen by other lodges <laughs> from <laughs> Kazuko because they they come we our heart Kazuko's heart and the reason why we built where we built are specifically for this community our main funder wanted to make a difference in South Africa and he came to look for places with the most endemic poverty and that's why he found the Eastern Cape and this specific area of the Karoo was suggested to him by both Sand Parks and um, our first chairman of the holding company's board was Professor Jakes Harrell. How interesting. um, Yeah, no, very much. The, The school that he grew up in, that his parents founded, is en route to Kazuko, so you drive past it. It's called Bracefield School. And it's one of the schools that we support through the Kazuka Foundation. So we we were definitely founded, put together in this space to make a difference in the community. And that's the heart and our purpose. So we employ as many people as what we can from street level and then um, train and empower and build them up so that they can grow in the industry and, and um, make a difference in their families. So I just want to ask a question about the training, uh, Katerina, because it sounds like you really are a training ground and incubation space for young talent, because you said, you yes. know, you you say goodbye to them, uh, having a sense of accomplishment because they've now going on to new things. So do you run a formal training program? Is it mentorship? What What does that comprise of? Well, we partner with the Wilderness Foundation um, with an Umzi Wetu program and um, Sia Zenzela program. So they do groundwork for for us and obviously for the community. And then they um, place young people with us. We um, also partner with several hospitality training institutes like um, NQ Tech, um, International Hotel School, Capsicum. So they play students with us for um, periods of time. And mm-hmm. then, um, yes, the, the people that we employ directly from um, the communities around us, we do in-house training, we send them on official training courses and um, walk a, a road with them to, to grow them in the direction that they want to grow in the industry. Just phenomenal because we need new talent and COVID has also uh, robbed us of a lot of people from the industry who moved on to other industries because tourism took such a knock. So it's important 
to keep the pipeline robust so that we we continue to maintain service levels. No, definitely. And one definitely. one area that we find very difficult to um, recruit from at the moment or recruit for because there's such a shortage is field guides um, or what we used to call game rangers in, in the early days is the the guys who are at the heart of the game experience um, in the safari industry. And it's oh, so interesting. Evident, so evident that, that there's a huge, huge need. So if anybody listens to this and has the aspiration to be a field guide or a game ranger, they must follow their dreams because there's a big need and a gap in the industry uh, specifically for that. That's phenomenal, Katerina, because I'm just uh, wanting to share a little story. You know, we were on a on an experience and we had a female guide and she was just phenomenal. And I was thinking, this is a first because guides are usually male and uh, she just brought a different flair. And it's definitely it something we will share in our network as well because we work closely with the colleges, etc. We also like Amy Lee, who's recording for us today, is an intern from West Coast College. So she's honing her skills for the next 18 months with us. Wonderful. And uh, we will definitely spread the word about the, the need in this particular sector. Now let's go on to the exciting part. Tell us about Kuzuko and the actual lodge and what we can expect to see. Well, Kuzuko um, is built high on a hill. They had five weather stations um, for, or is it the other way around, seven weather stations for five years in different places on the reserve. It's 22 farms that were bought up and put together um, as this 15,000 hectare reserve. And um, out of these weather stations, Kazuko's location was chosen for the best weather over that period. And um, if you go and have a look on our website, you'll see it sits like a beautiful crown um, on top of this hill and lends itself to this beautiful view all the way. You can see the, the Winterberg Mountains in the front of us and the Zuberg Mountains at the back of us. So 24 chalets, of which three is fully um, equipped for wheelchair accessibility. All our facilities are wheelchair accessible. We have... The, the disability empowerment concern has shares in the lodge. So they were involved right from inception. So they've made sure that all our facilities are truly wheelchair accessible. Accessible. Um, so for a, yeah, for a place built on a hill, we have, um, I call them our scenic routes. <laughs> we have all the pathways that link all the facilities and make them accessible to wheelchairs. And then we've got um, chalets that are specifically equipped in all ways to um, help with accessibility. Mm -hmm. We also have a beautiful spa. Um, it sits below the main building um, and looks out over um, the lodge as well. So that's also one of the areas that we train um, and empower young people on this is spa treatments and spa. therapists. Yeah. It looks um, amazing. I'm a spa junkie. <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh, good. I look forward to uh, welcoming you to ours. Um, but bigger than, than just the building and the pool and the, because all the lodges have 
spectacular facilities and and this kind of thing. The the team at Kazuko and the the name behind or the meaning behind Kazuko, which is place of glory, is what you what you feel when you visit. Mm-hmm. We are um family friendly. So we cater for from your one month old to your hundred year old right across the spectrum. We very much believe that the only way that we're going to make a difference in future generations is to look after and empower our young people and our children. So we we love to share nature with kids. We do have junior ranger programs and all sorts of activities that I call my boots on the ground activities to Mm -hmm. get um, people away from the screens and to actually interact. So, so important. Very much. And then um, awakening people about culture. We've got rock art paintings, um, more than 400 years old paintings um, on the reserve that we take people to view. We've got a a non-Big Five area where people can go for nature walks to view um, the likes of giraffe, etc., on foot, so that young kids can enjoy that as well. We have the game drives in the reserve, and and it is a Big Five reserve. But we're currently also planting 5,000 hectares of um, speckworm. We've Mm -hmm. partnered with C4 Solutions and AfriCarbon and and international funders. And it's all about um, reclaiming the 22 farms and returning them to their their natural state. So over and above just conservation in the animal front, we are um, doing land rehabilitation and cultivating of speckworm. And in this process, we have employed currently 180 people for a period of a year to be able to plant this yes. big boom. Um, yeah, so we're hoping to to have a big impact in nature, but also in our local communities and um, future generations. Wonderful work being done there, Mama Cat, to see you just not just taking care of people, but you're taking care of the environment and doing some important conservation projects as well. And that's An something idea. that our guests can can be proud of, you know, when, when they yes. visit Kazuko, they are not just having a, a break. They are actively making a difference in um, communities. the footprint. Yes, yes. And um, they can be touched by our little piece of, of the Karoo. We've had rain um, right through winter, so we've got oh, flowers wow. everywhere. It's purple. Can't wait. Fajis and orange aloes and yellow. Um, we've got what we call the um, wild pomegranate, the, the Karoo gold. So you've got this yellow flowers and orange flowers and purple flowers just everywhere. So it's really a, a wonderful spring day for us today as well. So on that flowery note, and with that picture in mind, we're going to say goodbye to you because we want people to come back for more and come back in anticipation of this amazing view. Great chatting to you, Kat. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care and see you soon. See you soon. As part of our feature on the Eastern Cape, we are very pleased to be talking to a connector of experiences and accommodation, Violet Lupuana, 
You know, transport forms the infrastructure in any city. And with efficient transport, people get to work. They get to experience amazing things. They also get to travel when there's an emergency or to spend time with family. And so as a connector of people on the road, we are very pleased to welcome and introduce Violet Lipowana. Violet is an acclaimed motivational speaker, a business and life, life coach, and an award-winning entrepreneur. She is the founder and CEO of Chumile Holdings, an award-winning transport and tourism consulting company with an international footprint. Violet, I know that there are many, many layers to what it is that you do. So I'm going to welcome you onto the show and give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit of background about Violet Lipowana. Thank you so much, Jeanette, uh, and welcome to your listeners. Uh, my name is Violet Lupuana. I am a mother of three, a wife of one, an entrepreneur, a daughter, a sister, and I believe I am a blessing to this generation uh, and a motivational speaker. I'm also a qualified life coach and an enterprise development specialist with the IFC and also with the ILO. And I uh, also got a qualification to mentor and train entrepreneurs with the Seed Uno, which is a German organization that focuses on sustainable businesses. And then also now, <laughs> I am an owner of a transport business. We do the transportation of goods. We do the transportation of people. And um, the services that we offer range from staff transport, moving people, uh, employees between factories and home and home and factories. Per sh- uh, those would be your shiftly workers. Then we also participate within the tourism space where we move our tourists international and both national. And we also do travel packages and, and we also do tours for corporates, for private individuals. We're also involved in what we call in the, in the tourism industry, the MICE, the meetings, events and conferencing. Uh, and we are the, the people mover. Uh, that's, that's the part we play in that. And then we also have a logistics business where we move the commodities, which in the tourism space, it could be the, the food that is, is prepared in the restaurants, in the hotels. And uh, we move agri products. We move other products between uh, producers to distribution centers and also to the uh, wholesale and retailers. That's what we do. That is quite a comprehensive service offering, Violet, and it's so wonderful to meet a fellow woman in transport. I would love to hear from you how Chumile started. Wow. How we started, um, Violet is a professional industrial engineer. I forgot to mention that. So after my wonderful, exciting engineering career uh, in the FMCG space, in the automotive and original equipment manufacturing space, um, I discovered my purpose along my journey in my career and which was to develop and empower people. So when I started off Kumila Holdings, it was a training, it was a consulting business, and I also offered training and skills development. So what I did, because I had not, I didn't have any CETA accreditation at the time, then I freelanced my services to most of the training companies here in the Eastern Cape and, ac- and across the country. And that's how I even got to do work with the German company Seed Uno. And then through working with the various uh, companies, that's where I got to get training under the International Labor Organization uh, as an enterprise development specialist, training entrepreneurs and also mentoring them. And so now while doing the training and mentoring work, 
the, um, there was an opportunity for, or, or the, there was this particular client we were training the founders of NPOs and cooperatives for. And so now what I realized while doing that training uh, gig, I'll call it, is that they transported the people to a hotel. They transported them to the hotel. They booked a beautiful resort for us here in, in Port Elizabeth. And then mm-hmm. I realized that, okay, so they have budget for transportation. They have budget for the trainers. They have budget for accommodation. At that point, I had only one taxi. And the reason that I bought, my husband and I bought this taxi was because we needed more cash flow. So after leaving my engineering work, and then I went into business without any contract. So it meant I did gigs. I would do a training job in a few months. Some months there'd be no no work for me, and some months they would. But so now from the so in other words, in other words, you did the Mzanzi Hassa. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So, now, so from from the pain of not having salary consistently, I realized the one thing that would give me salary, not even monthly, daily, was was to buy a taxi. And that was after a discussion with my husband. Say, hey, yes, I'm get, I'm starting to get busy, but some months I don't get any gigs. And said, so, you know what? One thing that will give us daily cash flow, and it was basically it was basically for cash flow to help supplement my salary that I that I lost now that I stopped being a full time engineer. So and then afterwards. Being in, being the engineer that I am, I realize, but this this asset is not fully utilized because the the rank would work certain hours and then at night there's no rank. So then I realize, hang on, who moves people at night? It's these factories. So why not approach the factories and ask to transport their workers? So I started knocking at a couple of doors. Uh, like any entrepreneur, there was a lot of resistance because people had their own contractors in place. And then it was just about, okay, let me just leave my card. Just in case you needed capacity, just give me a call. Yes, I respect the fact that you have your own contractors, but hey, sometimes maybe the cars break down and you don't know how to get out of it. So at least then you have me as backup. And that that was my strategy initially. So eventually my first client was Coca-Cola, who is still a client until today. That was in 2016. Amazing. Yes, when my big breakthrough came and then from 2016 2017 i got into the automotive sector i started doing stuff transport for uh, another automotive company in pe and then from there on it was sab it was pioneer foods it it, it was just raining contracts since 2017 so we just grew so fast and so big such that until today where we have a fleet of over 50 vehicles that we own and we don't lease any of them. And then now because my my, my power then in my city, in my province, is the, this is the woman with a large fleet. Then people mm-hmm. with the hospitality industry started talking about me. And then we did our first, uh, we yeah. got our first contract with the Toho Sun Group. Now they've converted to Southern Sun. So where we still, we're still currently servicing the Garden Court Hotel. And then we grew. We, in 2018, we gained the Redison Hotel as a client, which then opened the international tourism market for us. Because, uh, with Garden Court, it was more sports people and government clients that, 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 that come to their hotel. But then now with the Redison, it was now international travel agents, international corporates that come and stay with them, which then now opened us and gave us a, Bigger picture avenue because they yes. want to see your city. Yes. And so now uh, the relationship with the Redison, they said, you know what, because we want you to develop, we don't mind you developing your own relationship with the agencies. We have nothing to do with transport. We are accommodation and hospitality. So you carry on 
as soon as they make contact with you, you can take them up as your clients. And that's our contribution to help grow your business. So thank you mm-hmm. very much for that opportunity from, from Redison. From that, from then on, we even have the PE hotel group. We started having game farms. And I remember we, we had an opportunity in 2018, the South Africa hosted the first world choir games. And so I was involved, um, myself and my company were involved in the project by the international, well, by the World Bank. They came and identified three cities within South Africa. Port Elizabeth was one of them. And I was involved in that project. And then uh, Tswane was the other one. And then Etiquini was the third one. And so now through the networking with the, the different players, and then one of the ladies in the in the 20 just in the 20 metropole was the one hosting the village for the uh, world choir games and we got contracted as the preferred uh, shuttle provider so but at that point we had also just gained a contract uh, with uh, government communication information systems which is in Hatfield in Pretoria so then we grew from the eastern cape now into the Gauteng region and so now we started contracting more companies within the Gauteng province uh, many corporates like your uh, other hotels started contracting us other uh, manufacturing companies started contracting us for our shuttle work and also for staff transport and so then now that's how we now ventured into tourism so now being in the space dealing with travel agencies uh, and occasionally being asked can you do a tour for me like okay maybe let's invest in understanding this industry called tourism so that's how then now we went into tourism officially 2018 and then I started being a player within the well I guess I started even though I wasn't away but then now that's where I started even going to courses and doing research I remember one hotel saying to me Violet uh, do you mind being uh, running our concierge desk for us at that point I didn't even know what mm-hmm. concierge I'm like sure and then after that meeting, I ran. I can see you used to thinking on your feet, Violet. Yes. I'm like, okay, sure. I'm like, okay, let me go to research what concierge is. Let me go stay at hotels and experience this concierge. Let me go interview concierge staff. Ask the concierge managers, how am I now going to hire concierge staff? What am I looking for? And it was such a beautiful challenge for me. I went from Cape Town to Johannesburg, International Hotel. So what does concierge do? How do you interview concierge people? How do I employ? What am I looking for when I employ them? And until now, we're still managing the concierge desk at the Redison Blue Hotel. And then phenomenal. <laughs> so Violet, when I listen to your your journey, a lot of your journey is marked by opportunity and by grasping those opportunities and being poised to meet them. And I that think is- that is the the takeaway of the discussion with you is that you are really vibrant and energetic and you see the opportunity and you embrace it what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs who are starting out in whatever industry that they can grow and embrace these opportunities somewhat fearlessly Mm. thank you so much so the advice that i would give to young entrepreneurs is find problems in your area Find things that are an inconvenience, a problem, challenges in your community, in your society, or even in your nation. And then to come up with a with a solution. If if you know that you have the capacity, whether skills, whether you know people that you can collaborate with to provide a solution, then provide a solution for it and package it in a way that someone else will be prepared to, to, to buy it, to pay for it. So the good thing is we live in a country full of so many problems, and anybody would pay somebody to take care or get rid of their problem. Nobody likes problems, right? So as a young entrepreneur, I I strongly, as a young entrepreneur myself, I strongly discourage against tenderism 
because it's not sustainable. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> because now you find young people who are who have the potential of being true entrepreneurs. Now, because there's opportunities within the tender space, now a person, all they ever do is tenders. When the tenders are finished, mm. then what? So I strongly discourage against that because it really... So a mixed basket of clients is what is sustainable and is so true. healthy is going mm. forward. So Violet, we're getting towards the end of our 15 minutes. Is there some words of wisdom you'd like to share very quickly with our listeners on just being an entrepreneur? Yes, I, I would say the most important skill about being a or that one needs as an entrepreneur, and I think as a human being, is the ability to sell. Because there's a formula that my mentor taught me that sales is equals to income. If you cannot sell, you won't have an income. So the formula goes, sales, it's equals to income, it's equals to lifestyle. If you want a particular lifestyle, then you start way with the ability to sell. So whether you sell your job yourself into a job interview, you need the ability to sell. So the moment we realize that sales is a skill that we even need to convince our kids to eat veggies at home. So it's a skill not for a certain <laughs> type of people. It's a skill yes. we all need. So have the ability to sell, have the appetite to take risks, have the ability to organize, and then have the ability to get things done. So those are the four critical skills that and any entrepreneur needs. But the good thing is, even if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, it's skills that will do you well, whether you want to. It's life skills, actually, because those are life skills. it's about negotiating your way through life and getting what you need out of it. Yes, definitely. Wonderful. So we are going to talk to you again offline, Violet. But thank yeah. you so much for joining us today on Jet Setting with Janet and sharing your entrepreneurial journey as the connector of people to places. You play a pivotal role in making change happen and creating economic activity. So thank you for all that you do in this industry. Thank you so much for having me.